is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Your job, you better feed that man. Nina Simone with the jaunty, brown-eyed, handsome man. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you again for joining me here every Saturday. I hope you've been with me for, for a number of years because um, I've been enjoying it and I hope you have too. Jazz Shapers, what is it? It is the place, I hope you know, where... The very best of people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul pop up alongside their equivalents in the world of business. And we call those people business shapers. And alongside those jazz shapers, they make up this wonderful programme. My business shaper today is Mark Gallagher, and he is the founder and senior partner of Pagefield. And Pagefield are a very successful communications agency working with extraordinarily interesting people and businesses. And you're going to be hearing about how Mark has done what he has done. Lots coming up from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from him, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And then we've got some fantastic music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. Including Albert King, Gogo Penguin, Eliana Elias and this from Sly and the Family Stone. Sly and the Family Stone with Family Affair, one of my all-time favourites. Mark Gallagher is my business shaper today here on Jazz Shapers, and he is the founder and senior partner of Pagefield, and they call themselves a communications agency. Let's start at the end. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Great pleasure. Mark, what is Pagefield? Tell me about it. So at Pagefield, we do media relations, public relations. We do issues and crisis management. Uh, We do lobbying, political lobbying, uh, and we run campaigns. Uh, So very straightforward offer. Clients including that you can mention? Uh, oh, we can mention virtually all of our clients. They're, uh, they're all up on the website. We, we launched about six years ago with zero clients uh, and uh, a couple of members of staff, me and one other, two others, uh, in a little corporate squat in Golden Square. Please to say six years later, we are uh, coming up to 200 corporate clients that we've looked after yeah. uh, in those first um, six years that have gone in the blink of an eye. Mostly corporates, mostly UK corporates, but some overseas, including some overseas governments as well. So let's go back a bit. You did philosophy, uh, politics and economics, PPE at Oxford. Yeah. Um, you went then into the world of communications and you've been there, therefore applying your craft for a number of years. I won't 25 years. Oh, you were honest. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, Many, many corporate roles in there. You work for ITV, I believe. Yep. Um, you were involved with Camelot. Yep. You've done all sorts of stuff. At what point did you say, do you know what, I want to work for myself? And when was that and why? It was, uh, funnily enough, just coming up to my 40th birthday. So um, a classic sort of review of life, I suppose. And I got very, very lucky. Uh, one of my early bosses, if you like, was a fantastic guy called Stuart Purvis, who at that stage was the chief executive of ITN. Uh, And he was brave enough to offer me the job of corporate affairs director at ITN when I was a whippersnapper, realised 27. 
<clears throat> and so, of course, you you approach your fortieth um, uh, birthday having done thirteen or fourteen years in in senior communications positions for some of the highest profile businesses in the UK. As you say, ITN, uh, Camelot, the national lottery operator that was uh, facing some serious reputational challenges at the time that I joined in two thousand and three. Uh, and then over with Michael Grade and ITV. So at one level, it's like, well, does it get any better than that array of, of organizations, challenges, uh, and indeed uh, bosses, chairman and chief executives? And do I want to be doing this for the next 20 years or so? And the answer was that I did want to be doing it professionally, but that I didn't necessarily want to do it in, 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 within a sort of corporate structure. So it was fairly obvious to me, having taken a little uh, break back in 2010, uh, that starting my own agency was the best way forward. And that's exactly what he did. Stay with me to find out how Mark Galler has taken his um, desire to work for himself um, rather seriously and has grown his business quite fantastically over the last six years. That's Mark Gallagher, my business shape today, founder and senior partner of Pagefield. Time for some more music right now. This is Albert King and Kansas City. I'm going to Kansas City Kansas City, here I come I'm going to Kansas City Kansas City, here I come That was Albert King with Kansas City. Mark Gala has my business shaper today. Uh, he's in the world of communications and PR. He's been doing it quite a while. And as you, if you're listening earlier, you would have heard that eventually he said, enough, I'm going to work for myself. Do you remember that first day? You'd got the, the little horrible squats in the middle of London, Golden Square, I think yeah. you said. Um, you walk in. Did you have a first client on the first day or did you have no. to go and pedal? We had to go and pedal straight away. How did, and, how did and, you do and, that? And actually, it was it was a shock to the system. I have to tell you, because of course, one of the things about um, about being at the uh, relatively senior levels in the corporate world, as, as those of your listeners that are, that are in the corporate world will know, uh, you end up being in a bit of a bubble. So when you turn up uh, in your little corporate squat, a little bit of sublet space in, in Golden Square, and there's you and two others, and Boo Boo the Pug, and a few a couple of laptops and a couple of mobiles, and that is your business, uh, and you see desks and chairs scattered around the place, telephones that don't work, uh, computer systems that don't work or haven't even been set up. Where's the speed dial to the director of technology? There isn't a director of technology. There isn't a chauffeur car waiting to collect you outside your, your front door in the morning as it did for, for, for many a year. So um, a, a, a lot of it was a, sh a lot of the shock to the system was outside of the corporate bubble where you had responsibility to get on with this stuff yourself. And it's very refreshing, invigorating. Was it? I mean, yes, you didn't, you don't, you're not saying this with a, a deeply traumatic looking face over there. You're kind of reveling in it a bit. Um, but that means that at that point, you go from being a communications that's your craft skill over to one side, which is still important, mm. but you actually become a business person. You actually Absolutely become, right. What else happened in those first few months beyond the first, before we get to the first client point, what else did you have to deal with? Because you said you had, I mean, the great thing about PR is, and other similar businesses, it's about what, your brain, it's about who you're connected to, it's about what you know, it's less about stuff around you. So you can literally have a mobile phone and a, and a computer. But what else did you have to contend with? Well, one of the great joys of uh, of the profession is that if you're, if you're wanting to start your own business, there are precious few 
barriers to entry. So find yourself some space, find yourself uh, some working technology. Uh, and if you've got a good reputation uh, and you know good people that you can work with and you also know enough people that you can uh, uh, begin to talk to about being potential clients, you are in business. Now, of course, I make it sound uh, simple in reality. There's an, there's an awful lot of other stuff uh, that's needed to get a successful agency off the ground and certainly to get an agency growing uh, and projecting that sense of solidity uh, uh, that is a comfort to clients and that's something that was the, f uh, the biggest challenge for the first year which is winning your first clients getting a decent team set up uh, and crucially making sure that your offer in what is a very competitive market is absolutely crystal clear and we're going to come to the offer but before we do just tell me about that first client how did you get them and who were they? Uh, that was, uh, I'm delighted to say, that uh, two out of my three previous uh, employers, um, so ITN and Camelot, were both keen to work with me again, but in this different incarnation, uh, Patriot Communications. So they became our first two clients. That's the importance of being in the mature world, of being uh, a good lever and always having uh, those relationships. In Never fact. be a bad lever. Never be a bad lever. Good advice. Um, stay with me for more from Mark Gallagher, my business shaper. In the meantime, the latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom, I hope, from our programme partners at Mishkondore for your business. My name's Sharon Tan. I'm a partner in the employment team at Mishcon Dorea. One of the questions that I'm asked by clients most frequently is, how do I deal with somebody who is underperforming? It's a very difficult thing, actually, this to get right, and it crops up very frequently in practice. And the reason it's difficult to get right is that it's very difficult often for people to acknowledge that they aren't performing. We all find it very, a very difficult thing to admit, even to ourselves. And, of course it's very important to make sure that you handle things in a legally compliant manner whenever you are dealing with these issues. But I think it's as important to bear in mind that you are dealing with a human being because in practical terms, what I have seen is that people are much more likely to sue, litigation is more likely to materialise and unhappiness on all fronts is likely to result if people feel that they haven't been treated fairly properly and appropriately in the circumstances. So the two really go hand in hand and I think that is critical as a point to bear in mind whenever you are managing somebody who you don't think is coming up to scratch. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I talk to someone who's shaping the world of business, who's doing things that we all wish we were doing too. Um, and I've been very lucky, so I've talked to lots of people over the last five years. If you want to catch any of those, iTunes is a good destination for you. Or anytime in the future, cityam.com, in addition to the usual places. Mark Gallagher is my business shaper today. He's founder and senior partner of Pagefield. Pagefield is a communications agency he set up in 2010 after a very successful career in the corporate world. We were talking, Mark, about your first few clients, which you said, and the sage advice attached to it was, well, they were my clients. They were my companies I worked for, and they yeah. became my clients. Mm -hmm. What is it that you think they bought, and what is it that clients continue to buy from you and now the people that work with you? Judgment. I think is absolutely the number one criteria for successful communications and why people would buy the services of an agency like um, uh, Pagefield. It's all about judgment. Um, and in fact, I was, I was talking to a, a super senior communicator over dinner last night uh, and we were debating 
how you develop that judgment as a, as a professional characteristic and is it something uh, that's just reflective of your personality and how you're brought up and your life experiences or is it very specifically to do with your um, uh, with your professional experience but you've also got, I mean, judgment also comes from intellect. Let's be honest here. You've, yeah. got a, you've got an excellent degree, which means you can't be particularly stupid. You must be smart. I mean, that helps, right? Judgment is also experience. Smart, but I can't wire a plug. So, you know, it depends on so, your definition join, of smart. We're in the same club. I can't do that or do any flat pack Ikea kind of things like that. I can do them inside out, if you like. But, but, but so there is a, there's an, an alliance of, of judgment born out of experience and also intelligence, because you, you wouldn't be able to say that, but I can, of you. Um but but this the, the PR business and the communications business in general has got a pretty ironically a pretty bad press and especially probably the last 10 15 years even 20 years in this country government is connected to spin you don't trust politicians we've seen that over the last 18 months borne out in at least uh, in the referendum which came out on the 24th of June last year in what's going on in America recently we may well see it across Europe mm. people just don't trust people and right behind those politicians or alongside them are people like you yeah so what are we going to do about that what are you going to do about well that? it's one of the reasons that I'm uh, doing this interview today uh, which is a new year's resolution um, to myself which was to uh, uh, to get out there a bit more and to promote and to defend the, the joint professions of public relations and lobbying. You're quite right. We get a terrible rap. We have a terrible press. Uh, and the reality is that the work that we do, uh, or the work that a lot of us do uh, for a lot of amazing clients uh, and previously for, uh, for amazing employers, we're on the side of the angels. We're, we're doing great work, uh, but it's not the kind of, of work that gets much publicity. And that's why I'm very keen to talk about it um, in places like this. We're going to be talking a lot more with Mark um, in a few minutes, but we've got some more music before that. This is Eliane Elias with Sambu Sambu, and I hope I said it correctly. It's the title track from her new album. Sambu, sambu, não descansou Ficou zangado quando o dia clareou Eu nunca vi sambar assim that was Eliani Elias with Sambu Sambu. Um, and Mark Gallagher, still my business shaper, I'm very pleased. He hasn't left the building. Um, we've been talking about judgment and about intelligence. And now, Mark, this issue of trust. You build a business, and we're going to come on to the trust and the bigger point about you here in defense of your, your craft. Yes. What about trust with the people that, that come to you? Again, a lot of people come and go, as I understand it, in the PR world. They, they go from one agency to another, and it, it's um, strange to me that there's not much loyalty. How have you managed to inculcate loyalty in your gang? What are people buying into internally, and what do they believe in, therefore? Uh, I think probably two or three things. The first is uh, they're buying into an agency that has got authenticity, has got some kind of moral compass. So we're one of the few agencies that has a, a highly interventionist advisory board, uh, and we go to the advisory board with any client that we think might be controversial, that might raise questions, and we and we thoroughly debate at that advisory board. It's led by my brilliant, brilliant chairman, Sir Christopher Mayer, our former ambassador in Washington, uh, and they will not 
hold back if they think that um, as, an, as a board that we're signing on a client that they just don't like the smell of, um, then they exercise their veto. Uh, and that, of course, attracts a whole uh, range of talent into the agency because they know that we've got that sense of values. And our values are going to be different from other, other people's values. I happen to be a, bit, a big fan of the great state of Israel. Um, or uh, we have a client, um, the, uh, Philip Morris, the tobacco company, but where we're promoting harm reduction products so that for terrible smokers like me, I've finally got a product in the market which I've helped them get into the market, which is going to cause me a good deal less harm. So partly it's about authenticity and, and about having some kind of moral compass. Mm. Partly it's also something that I think if you ask any of the people that worked in my teams uh, in the corporate world, it's about creating a good sense of, if you like, the, the, the work family. We spend a lot of time with each other, um, just like law. PR and lobbying is a long hours business and therefore creating the right atmosphere, the right environment in the office. We don't have any offices in the, envi- in, in the floor. Uh, so I sit slap bang in the middle uh, of my team and an open plan office surrounded by, well, 30 plus 20 uh, people. Uh, and so it's a very sort of flat structure. It doesn't feel very hierarchical. Uh, we have a great big long kitchen table where everybody's encouraged to come and have a, uh, their, their free breakfast in the morning and read the newspapers together. And these are very soft power things. These are very small things. And they're certainly not very expensive things, but they're things that make a huge difference. And just to, very briefly, where have you I mean, this sounds a good thing. I mean, what you're describing is a nice place to work. Yes, it's 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 caring and it's it's clear, as you said. You're with Sir Christopher Mayor there and the board. They are making choices and they're values based. Where are those values from for you? Because you strike me as someone who gets that people want to be treated properly uh, and that that will work. What in your childhood or in your life has enabled you to kind of be the kind of person you are now? Well, um, uh, for me, that's very uh, a very personal but very straightforward um, uh, question, which is I come from uh, a very modest uh, family background. Dad started as a welder, uh, a mum working in a, in, in a pharmacy, and they were very much the sort of economic product of the 1980s. So they, they took advantage of that spirit of entrepreneurialism that, that Mrs. Thatcher um, uh, created in the 80s uh, and, and worked their way up. So I, I, I guess I got those sort of that, that moral compass, those basic values and the work ethic uh, from that family background. So very, very straightforward, very, very simple. And I think if you stick to those core principles and you don't row away too much from, your, uh, from that sort of background, you're going to be just fine. Stay with me for my final chat with my uh, great guest today, Mark Gallagher. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Manchester's Go Go Penguin. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Kondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Go Go Penguin with All Res. Um, I really like that. I hope you do too. Mark Gallagher has been my business shaper and is for a few more minutes, founder and senior partner of Pagefield, standing up for the fine profession that is um, standing up for other clients, actually, and, and giving them a voice. Do you still love what you do? Absolutely adore it. I feel totally blessed. Wake up every morning, bounce out of bed, look forward to going to work. What is it that still makes you happy, then? Love the um, that basic 
um, task that, in fact, you said at the beginning of that question, which is the, the promotion and the defense of good clients doing good work uh, and who deserve a voice. Um, so that that's its sort of core essence. Mm. Uh, why wouldn't you enjoy that professionally? Fantastic. What about the money, Mark? We haven't talked about money at mm. all. I'm assuming your business is successful. I'm assuming yeah. you, it keeps you in the manner to which you should be accustomed to, to be kept in. Um, how much does it motivate you? Uh, it doesn't motivate me uh, much in itself. As we were talking um, earlier on, you know, life is life is full as an egg, and life is expensive. When you've got two kids and um, uh, an ex and a current and all that stuff, then you know the the the, the budget soon mounts up. But it's it's really it's what it allows you to buy, which is which is um, uh, taking the kids on great holidays, all that sort of basic stuff. Um, but for money itself, not really a motivator. Now, obviously, um, you, you said earlier you have you, your New Year's resolution was to come out of the shadow, as it were, from the um, from from behind your clients, not because yes. you were hiding there at all, but because you just you know you were doing what you were doing. Mm. Um, is it hard? To, you know, you preach authenticity, mm. uh, and you know that that is powerful. And to me, you've you've uh, and I meet lots of people, and I know I know when they're not quite telling me the truth. And it seems to me, unless I've been duped, that you seem a very uh, straightforward guy, and you seem to love what you do. Yeah. Is it hard doing this now for you, or not particularly? Actually? Yes, it's 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 forcing myself out of a comfort zone. It's it's the the going, hitting a public platform is not something that I've done in twenty five years in the business. But I feel very strongly about the fact that um, there are huge numbers of intelligent and talented and well motivated people who work in public relations and in law. Being, uh, and they get a bad rap. Uh, and I don't particularly mind it for myself, but I do mind it particularly on behalf of my team uh, when they get a bit of stick in the pub for the fact that they're ooh, a lobbyist. You know, so what did you say? What's, the, what's the, the main thing that you say to people when they need to think about why your profession is a good one? We made the world a better place. If you look at the, the, some of the campaigns that we're working on at Pagefield now uh, and some of the things that I've worked on uh, in my corporate life at ITN, good example, I spent most of my time uh, running lobbies that protected ITN's journalists and other journalists around things like freedom of expression uh, against poorly drafted, often maliciously drafted legislation from civil servants uh, who uh, who wanted to deliberately restrict journalists' expression of freedom. What's not to like about that? But it needs to be talked about and for people to know about it. And politically, obviously, there's a there's a, a storm around all of us. You've been again very comfortable to say what you think about the, the political situation, whether it's in this country or anywhere else. Absolutely, yeah. Feels was, good. Feels very good. I was I was a, a, an out and proud Brexiteer uh, and campaigned very uh, uh, vigorously to liberate Britain from the European Union. Uh, and um, again, around the authenticity thing, far, far better uh, uh, to be clear and honest to your own principles, uh, which people admire, even if they disagree with you. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And we could do it for a lot longer, except that we're running out of time. But we that's do a have. Shame. That's a shame. But it's been it's been really good to meet you. Um, just before I let you go, what's your song choice, and why have you chosen it? Uh, I've chosen not quite jazz, I suppose, but Leonard Cohen's uh, Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to share it with listeners only on the basis that it was by far the most decompressing piece of music uh, that I listen to when I'm driving back to see the kids in Suffolk on a Friday night. Here it is, just for you, Mark. Thank you very much. Please the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the... 
That was Leonard Cohen with Hallelujah, the decompression song of my business shaper, Mark Gallagher. Someone who talked about the importance of judgment and how you build that through intelligence and experience. Someone who believes in the power of authenticity, which coming from someone from the, the PR world was maybe a surprising message, but absolutely at the core of what he has done to build his business. And the importance for him of advocacy and a point of view, whether it's about politics, whether it's about his clients, or whether indeed it's about defending the very business that he works within that is communications and public affairs really really good stuff do join me again same time same place that's next saturday 9am sharp for another edition of jazz shapers meanwhile coming up next it's nigel williams jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mish it's business but it's personal